604 on the West Coast, 904 on the East Coast, 204 in London Town, and in Malaysia, it's 1978. Hello, everybody. I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Hey, <clears throat> chaotic robot, man, I sign in, boom, you're there. <laughs> Dependability, that's what we like. Oh my, yeah, I got a little bit of a late start tonight. Um, I don't know why. I, uh, I just, wait a minute, what is that? Okay, cool. All right, sorry, distracted a little bit. <laughs> oh my, all right, we are live on Facebook. And the pages I'm not wearing pants. We are also live on YouTube. And we are live on twitch.tv slash J Sheldon No Pants. Emily Star Nova. Woohoo, what's up? What's up with you? All right. Are you new? I don't remember seeing your name before. If you are welcome, thank you very much. Hey, don't forget, like, subscribe, um, share, all that stuff you're supposed to do. Uh, wherever you may be watching us, YouTube, you know, I suddenly get these notifications on my YouTube channel that some bot keeps posting these weird links. I've blocked them all, but they come up every time. So fortunately, my YouTube viewership very tiny, very tiny. Facebook, doing well. Twitch, phenomenal. So anyway, it is wonderful to have you here, Emily Starnova. Thank you very much for discovering us and uh, hanging out. Uh, we, we don't talk about anything important. We just talk. And <laughs> whatever happens to float my or your boat is what we talk about. And I drink a lot of coffee, so there's always that. <clears throat> We're, uh, we're back in the home studio tonight, and uh, Invis Toby, hey, you have internet. That's a plus. Nice. Did you not have internet? Eee. Can you imagine? And it's only been, what? I mean, not only, but say the 80s is when dial-up internet. Oh, you moved house. Oh, cool. That's right. You did move house. I forgot about that. I'm glad you got your net back. But anyway... Really, I, I mean, I got on the internet in the early 80s, in the very start of, I mean, it's been around since the 60s, but the very start of people having dial-up internet, it was the old days of, you know, that kind of stuff. And get off the phone, I'm online. Um, so no internet, new faster internet. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so, you know, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 10s, what, 30 years, 40, maybe, hitting 40. And already we were at the point, we are at the point where I can sit here in my home studio, broadcast to the world with a multicam setup and all kinds of visual effects and crap like that. And uh, yeah, I do remember that internet only too well, uh, Toby. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
that was uh, those were the days dial up internet and uh the internet relay chat irc uh whatsapp uh, not whatsapp um what was that called icq icq in fact my message tone on my phone is the old icq if i get a message during the stream you'll hear it go off because i didn't mute my phone <clears throat> so yeah icq internet relay, relay chat irc um uh, meridian 59 in fact was in the days of dial-up internet the uh, one of the original online mud games that i uh, i beta tested and was part of that and then played once it went online so yeah a million billion years ago wow unbelievable um oh i i think i i think i can do this later on i'll, I'll show you a youtube video that i i found uh, from a year ago, it's Miko, the first time she ever managed to climb the stairs. I have a two-floor uh, link house, an end unit, uh, big house. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four bedroom, three baths. It's more than we ever need, but um, um, yeah. <laughs> so there's stairs. They go up and then turn on a landing and then go up again. Um and I, I found video that I posted. I actually started a Miko uh, YouTube channel and then just got so involved with so many other things. I've got tons of video that I really ought to upload to her channel one of these days. I just haven't gotten to it. It's all in a big, huge ass folder sitting on my desktop called Miko Online. And there it sits. I will get to it one of these days. Uh, so anyway. Um, yeah, as the uh, as the thumbnails, not much else has uh, happened. I'll, I'll get to the thumbnail in a minute. Um, uh, we just got back from dinner. We went to a place that's been there forever in SS15 of Subang Jaya. Uh, it's called the Little Bali Cafe. Now we were actually we were, we were we were nicely arguing over B A L L Y. Would that be Bali or Bali? Now, B-A-L-I, the place in Indonesia, Bali, of course. But to me, being an English speaker, when I saw B-A-L-L-Y, I naturally pronounced it Bali. But I don't, now that I think about it, B-A-L-L-Y, it could be Bali. Anyway, who cares? It's a great place. You've got to check this out. If you're in Malaysia, check out if you haven't already. It's very popular. Uh, it's not halal. They serve alcohol. They have pork dishes. In fact, I had, um, yeah, it sounds right, right? B-A-L-L-Y. Write it down and look at it. To me, I said Bali. Uh, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I had this amazing pork chop. It was delicious. Came with a nice big bone which I brought home in a doggy bag for the doggy. And she's like chomping on it now. And uh, let's see, my significant other had uh, some sort of fish thing with uh, this dark spicy sauce. It was really nice. And we shared a beer, a Ting Tao beer. Uh, not bad, not bad. The food was excellent. Service was great. Price, reasonable. For the two of us, it was uh, 76 ringgit which, you know, in USD is about four bucks, but you know, it's, no, it's not that good, but yeah, it was, the food was excellent. I will definitely be back there. A lot of, lot of uh, good food, good folks, 
great crowd. It's often very, very busy. And I now I know why. Because the food is great. The prices are reasonable. And you can get a bottle of beer for a good price, too. So, ah, Sorry. I need to keep the coffee up. <laughs> All right. We talked about uh, my... My thumbnail tonight, actually, you wouldn't see it until the, the show is on, except on YouTube. Um, but <laughs> it says Hokuzai and general chat and also, of course, the wonderful Wizard of Oz. I think I'm going to do two chapters tonight, so be prepared for that. We've got about four chapters left, but I, I think if the, if the next chapter isn't too long, I'll do two tonight. Because it's not that I want it to end, but I want to move on to the next book, so... Because so far it's been fascinating. Um, yeah, hydration is key. That's right. <laughs> You're exactly right. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, let's see. Okay, so this was part of what I wanted to chat about tonight. I found this article from The Spectator. And this is the coolest thing. As you know, I am a huge Japanophile. I love old Japan, ancient Japan, um, the days of the samurai, the days of Hokuzai. If you don't know who Hokuzai is, he did the drawing of the Great Wave, which is one of the most famous uh, drawings. It was a part of the 39 views of Mount Fuji or something, however many views of Mount Fuji. Um, but they have rediscovered drawings by Hokuzai, and they are amazing. I'll show you a few in a minute. I have an original woodblock print manga of Hokuzai. I've talked about it before, but if you've just found us or you're, you're new to the stream or you missed that part, I'll tell you again. I've got a lot of uh, Japanese uh, woodblock prints, originals that are 100, 200. In one case, a handwritten poetry book by one of the most famous Japanese poets uh, that's over uh, just under 300 years old. It's amazing. Can't read a word of it, but it is so beautiful just to look through it and all this. I mean, it's quite thick. It's, it's about that thick. I don't know how many pages, but I'll bring it up on the stream and show you some night. It's absolutely gorgeous and very old and very brittle. But the most important thing that I own is a Hokuzai original woodblock manga book, which manga in those days was just a collection of an artist's work, um, not like manga today. Um, but anyway, they have found uh, Japanese, Japan's most famous artist, a master of the freeze frame, frame, and a father of photography and modern animation. These are some of the drawings that have never before been seen that were just discovered by Hokuzai. Hokuzai actually had a fire in his home, and he lost a whole lot of his um, of his drawings, his original works. Master of the Freeze Frame, India, River of Quicksand, The Wind Forms Waves in the Sand by Katsushika Hokuzai, 1829, from the British Museum. Uh, of course, we all know the Great Wave. Um, his art was designed to be affordable. In this day, you could buy a print of the Great Wave for about a price of to a double portion of noodles. Imagine. Nowadays, this trove of drawings, the British Museum picked up for 270,000 pounds. That's a lot of noodles. <laughs> I don't, I didn't actually go through 103 drawings and um, 
amazing. Uh, yeah, they talk in this article about um, about the fire at Hokusai's home, and I don't actually see. Oh, viewable on the British Museum website. Okay, I haven't been here, so I don't know what we're going to wind up with. God knows. This is kind of dangerous. <laughs> oh, there it is. There's one. Let's see what we have. Let's see if I can move this thing over a little bit. There we go. Whoa. Nice gun. All right. So I don't think I can get through all of these things. It's a little too... 1829 is the date, made in Edo on paper, and it's been painted. It's 11.2 centimeters by 15.3 centimeters, so quite small. That's amazing. Anyway, I'll let you search this out for yourself, but just fascinating news that, uh, that they actually found. Oh, there's some more. Cool. Oh, look at this one. Look at that. That's incredible. All these... Uh, only recently found Hokusai paintings. Let me try and, uh, hang on, let me move that over a little bit there. Let's squeeze that in a little bit better. This is incredible. Look at the detail in like this one. That's incredible. That shading. Wow. Unbelievable. There you can see in this, you see as I'm highlighting them, they're, they're getting white boxes around them. You see kind of the, my mouse is not showing up, but, ah, there it is. Okay, so you see kind of the precursor, the look of the great wave in this painting. This is kind of like what the manga book has, a bunch of animals and trees and things like this in it. Uh, I'll bring I'll bring that up also, and I'll show you one day. I'll bring both the poetry book and the and the Hokusai manga. This is amazing. There's a hundred over a hundred of these drawings. You got to check this out. BritishMuseum.org, and just search for uh, Katsushika Hokusai, or just simply put Hokusai. Um, that is amazing. Wow, incredible. Wow. Hey, pizza pocket full. Hello there. Good to have you along for the ride. Thank you. Uh, uh, over 100, 100 and some odd, I think they said, uh, works by the, um, let's see, where is the number? 103 drawings that were recently discovered. Fascinating. Wow. Okay, this is a local story, but I wanted to put this up here and talk about it. We got our, we got the first shipment of our vaccines um, here in Malaysia. And, <clears throat> excuse me, they made a big, a big deal out of it. They brought it in on a jet, uh, special cargo. Of course, you have to, the storage and everything for these vaccines is, it has to be kept in some weird sub-zero temperature and everything. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you made it, pizza. Thanks. Um, so they made a big deal out of it. And then when the vaccine got here, they got it off the plane. They put it in a convoy, special truck. And then they had this giant police and military escort through the streets of Malaysia, getting it to whatever storage facility it was going to. I mean, there were others that came in, but this was kind of the representational first shipment of the vaccine. So they made a deal out of it, which is cool. I mean, it's kind of cool we're getting our first ship in the vaccine. Um, however you feel about vaccines, 
that's your thing, whatever, no worries. Everybody's entitled. Um, but they featured this pilot, the pilot uh, Captain Hamdan Che Ismail, 29-year career in the avi aviation industry. He navigated flight MH604, carrying the first batch of COVID-19 uh, vaccines from Singapore to Malaysia. Now, I am not a subscriber, and I'm not going to become a subscriber, so I can't read the whole article because <laughs> I'm cheap, okay? But, um, <laughs> yeah, some have to be frozen. You're right, Toby. Um, oh, you're getting yours on Friday. Cool beans. Please let us know. We'll be on Saturday night. Come on the stream. Let us know what the experience was like. Um, anyway, they made this deal about this guy. And they made, they did, you know, a news story about him and he talked about how nervous he was. And some morons are making fun of him and making, I mean, because he said he was very nervous flying the plane. Well, of course you would be. I mean, all eyes, you know. Um, and people said the stupidest, dumb, freaking things like, oh, you're not nervous when you carry us as passengers? Well, you know what? Shut up. Just shut up. Sincerely, honestly, you people have nothing better to do than sit around and find one little loose thread or one little thing that isn't even an issue and make fun of it. I, I'm honest to God, that goes on all the time. It's not just here. It's everywhere. You see it all the time. I try and call it out when I do. You know, it's like, take a powder, take a pill, relax. It, it doesn't make you cool. It doesn't make you special. It doesn't get you any more attention. In fact, to be honest, most of us think you're a-holes, okay? Making stupid comments about something like this. Okay, no, it's not the biggest deal on the planet. He's nervous because it's a big story and this is a big event. I'm sure the captain gets nervous every time he flies a plane. But this was a big event, and I don't blame him for being nervous, and I thank him for flying the plane that brought us the vaccines. And for those of you who have nothing better to do than sit behind your little keyboard warrior keyboards and make shitty, stupid comments, piss off, go away, we don't like you, and we don't need you. There, I said it. Seriously, I'm serious as cancer. People drive me nuts, and I'm not, and neither should you put up with it. Don't you put up with it either. Call people out when they do these things, block them, whatever you need to do, report them. I don't care. Speaking of reporting, I got a funny story coming up in a, in a little while if I can manage to get the pictures online. Um, but honestly, these people drive me nuts. Calling it how we see it, exactly. <laughs> All right, so thanks again to Captain Hamdad J. Ismail. And uh, great job, Captain. Thank you much. All right, what else have we got? Oh, I got to show you this. This is so cool. I don't think, I don't know if you can hear it. I'll try and turn it up so maybe my mic will pick it up. It's a popcorn, pop instrument. And you see what they've done? There's an overview They've taken all these plastic tubes. And you know, when you hit a plastic tube, it has that kind of kind of sound. 
and they put varying sizes of tubes. And then by popping them, this is what happens. Listen. How cool is that? <laughs> huh? <laughs> that is the coolest thing. I found that on uh, Facebook. I, I'm a. Uh, it's not this. This post didn't come from there, but I'm a. a, a part of a, a Facebook page that I follow, which is called like weird musical instruments or something. And yes, of course it's the popcorn song, <laughs> but um, uh, so they have all these strange, I've shown some before on the stream here, uh, these weird and strange, unusual musical instruments. This is one of them. It's very, very cool. All right. Now I got to be careful how I do this. But I want to show you something. Let's see if I can do it without getting myself in trouble. Okay. This is my notifications, so you'll just have to put up with some of them. But uh, let me see. Ah, see that right there? Your post goes against our community standards. So only you can see it. Okay. So the post was something I did back in 2012. 20 freaking 12. And... It is a, it's, uh, it's, it's not real. If I click this, it might come up. Okay, let me show you here. There we go. This is about sticking your head up your ass, okay? For people who, like the people who make stupid comments with their head solidly placed up their butt. Obviously, this is not real. It's an artist's representation. And so I posted it in 2012. And I said, please, dear God, let me not start tagging people who need to be tagged. So they, some, I don't know whether the algorithm just suddenly picked up on this or somebody reported it, but it, it's, I posted it in 2012 and I posted it again a year later for some other reason appropriate because somebody was doing something in the news where they appropriately were sticking their head up their butt. So I posted it twice. I disagreed with the decision. So I punched the thing that said, I disagreed. You see here, thank you for the feedback, back, blah, 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 blah. And then they send me this. We confirmed your post didn't follow the community standards. Okay. Wait, this is the second one. The first time the one from 2012 got, got hit, I disagreed and it said, you're right. We've unlocked your post. It does follow community standards. And so there you go. Then I get another message saying my 2013 post of the same picture doesn't follow their community standards. So I disagreed with that decision. That's what this one is. And then this one, they sent me this. We confirm your post does not follow the community standards. So the same exact post from 2012 I disagreed with, and they reviewed it and said, no, you're right. 
It does follow the community standards. We unlock it. And the one I posted, the same picture a year later, I disagreed when they tagged that one. And they came back and said, nope, we're leaving it locked. Thank you, Facebook. As usual, you make no sense whatsoever. Unbelievable. So if you go to 2012, you can see the picture. If you go to 2013, you can't. <laughs> Honest to God. Oh, I don't know. I give up. I give up. Okay, I got to show you one more thing. Let me see how I can do this. I'm not sure if this is going to work. I got to move this down. Susie sent me a picture. And you must see this. Let me see how I can do this without shutting myself off the stream. <laughs> Give me a moment, okay? Uh, let's see. Okay, Facebook review, which is going to... No, I don't want WhatsApp. <laughs> you got to be patient. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, where is it? No, it doesn't show. Okay, wait, I don't want that one. How about live streaming? You want to see my live stream? There you go. There's I'm not wearing pants, my Facebook page. Now, why can't I get this to come up? That's the weirdest thing. Okay. Hang on. I will figure this out if it takes me all night. It's not working. That's so strange. I don't know how to show this to you. Hmm. I can't because it doesn't work. Sorry, I tried. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It is a photograph that Susie sent me. Susie is, is uh, or was the office uh, secretary in the Internal Affairs Department for the Monroe County Sheriff's Department when I was an uh, internal affairs detective. Uh, she's also one of my best friends on the planet. She's the coolest lady of all. But I must have told her this story. And to be honest, I don't remember telling her this story. Um, when we were kids, we'd go grocery shopping with our parents. And they would buy, every Thursday we'd go grocery shopping. Usually it's Stop and Shop in Torrington. We lived in Cornwall, Connecticut. And uh, it was about... 20 miles away, uh, the big city. And uh, once a week, we go grocery shopping. Thursday, I think probably because it was payday. And my mom would do most of the shopping. And we would come home with all the groceries. And among them was a jar of peanut butter because peanut butter and jelly sandwiches got us through a lot of school lunches. And somehow, this is the strangest thing, Somehow it became a competition. I'm the oldest of five. It's me, three sisters, and a brother. So it became a competition for who could open the jar of peanut butter, pull off the seal. In fact, in those days, I don't even know if it had seals. And with your finger, put your initial in the top un unspoiled surface of the peanut butter. I know. The Sheldon family had some weird things. 
not the least among them was trying to be the first so that you you and then you you take the jar and you'd screw the lid on really tight so whoever else thought oh the lid's tight i must be the first and they'd open it up and there'd be a big j in the top of the peanut butter or a k or a b or a p or an m whichever one of my brother or sisters got to it first i usually Susie, I, I must have told her this story, which was 20 over years ago. And she sent me a picture of the top of what I assume is her jar of peanut butter. And she had put a J with her finger in the top of the peanut butter. Mwah! Thank you, Susie. I love you. That was the coolest thing. I laughed so hard when I saw that. I was, it was damn funny. I know it's a, yeah, siblings do strange things. You're right, Kiwi. Hey, Kiwi, welcome. <laughs> we had some really strange traditions. That's, like I said, not the least of them. So the, uh, yeah, the peanut butter trick. And I hadn't thought about that in many, many, many years. And, uh, and for some reason, Susie thought about it, had a jar of peanut butter, and gave me a J. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, man. That was fun. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll tell you what. It's been about a half an hour. And I've been sitting up here doing just kind of nothing and talking about, well, like we usually, just about anything that's on my mind or yours. Um, uh, Mahan FA. <laughs> I'm back, boys. <laughs> Welcome back. Thank you. You're just in time for story time. Uh, we're going to get on to the wonderful Wizard of Oz here in just a bit. And we're going to do, I think we might do, if, it's, if the next chapter is not too long, we'll try and do two tonight. Depends on the time. We'll see how it goes. <coughs> and depends on how my voice holds up too. So, This is from the wonderful folks at uh, the Gutenberg Project. Project Gutenberg, which is gutenberg.org. You can find all kinds of uh, public domain books there, free for downloading, ebooks, text files. They have all different formats. So, whatever, however, if you read your ebooks in a reader, PDF, text file, Word doc, they've got most of those formats there. So, you can check them out. And uh, yeah, hydrate. <laughs> um, so, anyway, it's uh, gutenberg.org. Project Gutenberg is the site where we get these books, and we thank them very much. Uh, we've been doing The Wizard of Oz. It's been, what, a couple of months now, I think. I didn't realize this book was as long as it is, but it is. And uh, so we're going to get move right into it and uh, move on. We're at Chapter 21. Um, like I said, I think we've got about four chapters to go, <clears throat> and then uh, and then we'll be at the end. So let's, uh, let's head out into the adventures of... Uh, our four travelers in the wonderful Wizard of Oz. This is chapter 21. The lion becomes the king of beasts. After climbing down from the China Wall, the travelers found themselves in a very disagreeable country, full of bogs and marshes and covered with tall, rank grass. It was difficult to walk without falling into muddy holes, for the grass was so thick that it hid them from sight. However, by carefully picking their way, they got safely along until they reached solid ground. But here, the country seemed wider than ever. 
and after a long and tiresome walk through the underbrush, they entered another forest where the trees were bigger and older than any they had ever seen. This forest is perfectly delightful, declared the lion, looking around him with joy. Never have I seen a more beautiful place. It seems gloomy, said the scarecrow. Not a bit of it, answered the lion. I should like to live here all my life. See how soft the dried leaves are under your feet, and how rich and green the moss that clings to these old trees. Surely no wild beast could wish a pleasanter home. Perhaps there are wild beasts in the forest now, said Dorothy. Mm, I suppose there are, returned the lion, but I do not see any of them about. They walked through the forest until it became too dark to go any further. Dorothy and Toto and the lion laid down to sleep, while the woodman and the scarecrow kept watch over them as usual. When morning came, they started again, and before they'd gone far, they heard a low rumble, as of the growling of many wild animals. Toto whimpered a little, but none of the others was frightened and they kept along the well-trodden path until they came to an opening in the wood, in which were gathered hundreds of beasts of every variety. There were tigers and elephants, bears and wolves and foxes and all the others in the natural history. And for a moment Dorothy was afraid, but the lion explained that the animal, animals were holding a meeting and he judged by their snarling and growling that they were in great trouble. As he spoke, several of the beasts caught sight of him, and at once the great assemblage hushed as if by magic. The biggest of the tigers came up to the lion and bowed, saying, Welcome, O king of beasts. You have come in good time to fight our enemy and bring peace to all the animals of the forest once more. What is your trouble? asked the lion quietly. Oh, we are all threatened, answered the tiger, by a fierce enemy which has lately come into this forest. It is a most tremendous monster, like a great spider, with the body being as big as an elephant and legs as long as a tree trunk. It has eight of those long legs, and as the monster crawls through the forest, he seizes an animal with a leg and drags it to his mouth, where he eats it like a spider does to a fly. Not one of us is safe while this fierce creature is alive, and we called a meeting to decide how to take care of ourselves when you came to us. The lion thought for a moment. Are there any other lions in this forest? he asked. No, there were some, but the monster has eaten them all. And besides, there were none of them nearly so large and brave as you. If I put an end to your enemy, will you bow down to me and obey me as king of the forest? inquired the lion. 
Oh, we will do that gladly, returned the tiger, and all the other beasts roared with a mighty roar, We will! Where is this great spider of yours now? asked the lion. Yonder, among the oak trees, said the tiger, pointing with his forefoot. Take good care of these friends of mine, said the lion, and I will go at once to fight the monster. He bade his comrades goodbye and marched proudly away to do battle with the enemy. The great spider was lying asleep when the lion found him, and it looked so ugly that its foe turned up his nose in disgust. Its legs were quite as long as the tiger had said, and its body covered with coarse black hair. It had a great mouth and a row of sharp teeth a foot long, but its head was joined to the pudgy body by a neck as slender as a wasp's waist. This gave the lion a hint of the best way to attack the creature, and as he knew it was easier to fight it asleep than awake, he gave a great spring and landed directly upon the monster's back. Then, with one blow of his heavy paw, all armed with sharp claws, he knocked the spider's head from his body. Jumping down, he watched it until the long legs stopped wiggling, when he knew it was quite dead. Then the lion went back to the opening, where the beasts of the forest were waiting for him, and said proudly, You need fear your enemy no longer. Then the beasts bowed down to the lion as their king, and he promised to come back and rule over them as soon as Dorothy was safe on her way to Kansas. Wow. That's the end of chapter 21. A bit dark. Dang. All right, we'll do another chapter. I, I can't stop now. All right, we're going to do two. We'll do another one. Chapter 22. It's the country of the quadlings. The four travelers passed through the rest of the forest in safety, and when they had come out from its gloom, saw before them a steep hill covered from top to bottom with great pieces of rock. Oh, that'll be a hard climb, said the scarecrow, but we must get over the hill nevertheless. So he led the way and the others followed. They had nearly reached the first rock when they heard a rough voice cry out, Keep back! Who are you? asked the scarecrow. Then, a head showed itself over the rock, and the same voice said, This hill belongs to us, and we don't allow anyone to cross it. But we must cross it, said the scarecrow. We're, we're going to the country of the quadlings. But you shall not, replied the voice, and there stepped from behind the rock the strangest man the travelers had ever seen. He was quite short and stout, with a big head, which was flat at the top and supported by a thick neck full of wrinkles. But he had no arms at all, 
And seeing this, the scarecrow did not feel that so helpless a creature could prevent them from climbing the hill. So he said, I'm sorry not to do as you wish, but we must pass over your hill, whether you like it or not. And he walked boldly forward. As quick as lightning, the man's head shot forward and his neck stretched out until the top of his head, where it was flat, struck down the scarecrow in the middle and sent him tumbling over and over down the hill. Almost as quickly as it came, the head went back to the body, and the man laughed harshly and said, It ain't as easy as you think. A chorus of boisterous laughter came from the other rocks, and Dorothy saw hundreds of the armless hammerheads upon the hillside, one behind every rock. Well, the lion became quite angry at the laughter caused by the scarecrow's mishap, and giving a loud roar that echoed like thunder, he dashed up the hill. Again, a head shot swiftly out, and the great lion went rolling down the hill as if it had been struck by a cannonball. Dorothy ran down and helped the scarecrow to his feet, and the lion came up to her feeling rather bruised and sore, and said, It is useless to fight people with shooting heads. No one can withstand them. Well, what can we do then? she asked. Call the winged monkeys, suggested the tin woodman. You still have the right to command them once more. Very well, she answered, and putting on the golden cap, she uttered the magic words, and the monkeys were as prompt as ever, and in a few minutes the entire band stood before her. What are your commands? inquired the king of the monkeys, bowing low. Carry us over the hill to the country of the quadlings, answered the girl. It shall be done, said the king, and at once the winged monkeys caught the four travelers and Toto up in their arms and flew away with them. As they passed over the hill, the hammerheads yelled with vexation and shot their heads up high in the air, but they could not reach the winged monkeys, which carried Dorothy and her comrades safely over the hill and set them down in the beautiful country of the quadlings. <coughs> Excuse me. This is the last time you can summon us, said the leader to Dorothy. So goodbye and good luck to you. Goodbye and thank you very much, returned the girl. And the monkeys rose into the air and in a twinkling were out of sight. The country of the quadlings seemed quite rich and happy. There were field upon field of ripening grain, well-paved roads running between, and pretty rippling books, brooks with strong bridges across them. The fences and houses and bridges were all painted bright red, just as they had been painted yellow in the country of the Winkies and blue in the country of the Munchkins. The quadlings themselves, who were short and fat and looked chubby and good-natured, were dressed all in red, which showed bright against the green grass and the yellowing grain. The monkeys had set them down near a farmhouse, and the four travelers walked up to it and knocked at the door. 
It was opened by the farmer's wife, and when Dorothy asked for something to eat, the woman gave them all a good dinner with three kinds of cake and four kinds of cookies and a bowl of milk for Toto. How far is it to the castle of Glinda? asked the child. Oh, it is not a great way, answered the farmer's wife. Take the road to the south and you will soon reach it. Thanking the good woman, they started afresh and walked by the fields and across the pretty bridges until they saw before them a very beautiful castle. Before the gates were three young girls dressed in handsome red uniforms trimmed with gold braid. And as Dorothy approached, one of them said to her, Why have you come to the South Country? To see the good witch who rules here, she answered. Will you take me to her? Let me have your name and I will ask Glinda if she will receive you. They told who they were, and the girl soldier went into the castle. After a few moments, they came back and said that Dorothy and the others were be, to be admitted at once. And that's chapter 22. Next time, we'll do chapter 23, which is Glinda the Good Wish, the good witch grants Dorothy's wish. Only two chapters to go. So we will likely close it out on our next stream, which will be Thursday night. Wow. It is amazing how different this is from the film. It's incredible. That is so wild. Wow. The wonderful Wizard of Oz. I hope you're enjoying that as much as I love reading it, because it really is. It's, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Thank you. Um, all right, guys. I did promise that I was going to show you. I hope this is going to work. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. You know what? I think the easier thing is going to be to go to my my Facebook page show you it this way is this gonna work yes <laughs> okay I, i'm not sure about the sound i don't know if you're gonna hear it but you can certainly see it i this suddenly popped up on my youtube timeline it's it's i posted it a year ago but you've all seen miko she's been on the stream and um <laughs> time flies when you're having fun mohammed said yeah you're right um this is incredible. This was a year ago. You've seen Miko on the stream. She sat here on my lap. You know how big she is, what she looks like. This is her at about three or four months old. This is the first time I managed to capture it that she appears, uh, that she climbs the stairs in our house. You know what? If I click this, it's going to go to YouTube. Yeah, it is. That's all right. This will work. I just got to move it over. Miko's first stair time. Check this out. I hope I'm not sure you can hear the sound. She just climbed the stairs for the first time. In case you can't hear it, I'm repeating what I'm saying on the video. She only got halfway. She's on the landing here. 
You see, she's on the landing. And she doesn't know how to get down. <laughs> Look at her. She's so adorable. She can't figure out how to get down. But look at that. Look at that face. She wants to do it, but she just doesn't dare. It's a long way down. It's about eight or ten steps going down. And right there I said, you know, one of these days before too long, you're going to be flying up and down the stairs all day long. And that's exactly what she does now. And she's... Now she's just trying, just just exploring. There's one more set of stairs that goes up this way. <laughs> she won't do it. <laughs> she's amazing. You see the, I was just saying tonight, look at the difference. It's just one year. She's three times the size. I brought her down and she went right back up again. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so cool. <laughs> All right. Miko climbs the stairs. I just wanted to share that with you. I just, just found it. Yeah, she's adorable. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining. i got to take these off because now my headphones are on delay. Uh, I will see you again on Thursday night. We'll finish up The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. I'm sure by then we'll have tons more to talk about. And uh, and I will uh, I will see you then. I'll try not to, be, not to be late. It was a little bit late tonight. Sorry about that. So anyway, uh, until next time, I appreciate your joining, whether it's on Facebook Live, I'm Not Wearing Pants, Jay Sheldon's channel on YouTube, and of course, twitch.tv, Jay Sheldon knows no, no pants. Like, share, subscribe, all those button pushing and things. Do that if you can. If you're feeling generous, there is a link right here on twitch.tv or on Facebook. It's above the feed. You can pop there and send me a donation if you want. No requirements, just a uh, just a friendly ask. Um, and I will see you all again on Thursday night. Kiwi, my dog always runs up the stairs and can never get down. <laughs> yeah, well, she does. Miko now is up, down, up, down all day long. But at that point, when she was about three or four months old, she could get up, but she had to be helped down. Eventually, she found her 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 cowardly lion braveness and managed to uh, figure it out. All right, guys, that's it. We're out of here. Thank you. I'm Jay Sheldon. I'm not wearing pants. Good night.